Well, today is our last uh, sermon in the series of Joshua. And so we're going to read from Joshua chapter 23, verse 1 through 14, and 24, verses 14 through 15. After a long time had passed, and the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies around them, Joshua, by then old and well advanced in years, summoned all Israel, their elders, leaders, judges, and officials, and said to them, I am old and well advanced in years. You yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. Remember how I allocated or allotted as an inheritance for your tribes all the land of the nations that remain, the nations I conquered between the Jordan and the Great Sea in the West. The Lord your God himself will drive them out of your way. He will push them out before you, and you will take possession of their land as the Lord your God promised you. Be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. Do not associate with those, these nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them. But you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. The Lord has driven out before you great and powerful nations. To this day, no one has been able to withstand you. One of you routs a thousand, because the Lord your God fights for you, just as he promised. So be very careful to love the Lord your God. But if you turn away, and ally yourselves with the survivors of these nations that remain among you. And if you intermarry with them and associate with them, then you may be sure that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you. Instead, they will become snares and traps for you, whips on your backs and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. Now, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises of the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. And we're going to chapter 24. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your for, the, the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are now living, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. 
Well, we've come to the end of Joshua, and by this time, Joshua is an old man of 110 years old, and he knows he's going to die. So he summons the leaders of Israel around them, and he conveys to them his final words. And when we know these are our final words, we want to convey to our peeps, our people, what is most important to us. P.T. Barnum said, what were the receipts at Madison Square Garden? My dad said in the morning, earlier that evening, um, make sure Margo gets the money in this account because he cares, caring for his wife. He wanted to know that his taxes are done and I had done them. And then he said, I love you and I'm proud of you. You're a good son. And then the last thing he said is it is better to be with Christ. When we know it's our last words, we want to convey to people what is most important to us. And these words are what Joshua shares with the people gathered around him. He summoned the leaders of Israel together and he said, I am old and well advanced in years. I am going the way of all the earth. So this is Joshua's way of saying, I'm going to die like everyone else dies. And I think it's important to know, and we all know this, but it's important for us to live with this reality that our days are limited. Uh, Moses wrote a psalm, the Psalm 90, and he said, teach us to number our days so that we gain a heart of wisdom. It makes us wiser to know that our life is limited and that we have to answer to God when it's over. I also say this because there are times when people are bitter at God because a dear one passes away. Like I'll hear people upset that, that dad died when he was 82 years old or I'll hear people upset that their wife passed away after 75 years. But we knew that day would come when we stood at the altar and said, till death do us part. And so we all go the way of all the earth. The important thing to know is, is there a life after this life is over? And we have that assurance in Christ. There is eternal life for all who belong to him. So after indicating to the elders that his death was imminent, Joshua wanted to remind them of what the Lord had done. He said, you yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done for your sake. And then he reminds them of their deliverance from Egypt, how God destroyed the armies at the Red Sea, how God delivered them and their enemies into their hands there in Cana. And so he wanted them to remember firsthand what God had done. God wants us to remember his redemptive acts. Has the Lord done anything for you? Has he redeemed a, a terrible situation? Has he comforted you in a time of loss? 
Were you at the end of your rope or at your wit's end and God intervened? Did he call you to himself and save you? A few weeks ago, I asked this service, how many of you have redemption stories? And nearly all of you raised your hands. And uh, it's good for us to remember those redemptive stories. In fact, we want to uh, capture those um, for our Easter service because on Easter, our theme is God reaching into the darkest places in our lives and, and redeeming us. And so what we want to do, and you see it in your Connect card, so when you turn in your Connect cards after the sermon, we'd like you to write very briefly a redemption story of a time when God came to you in a time of darkness or trouble or loneliness and he redeemed you or saved you. By writing it down, we remember and we honor God. And then on Easter, we're gonna have these redemption stories, these little sentences scroll down on the screen. It'll be a praise to the Lord and also a testimony to those who do not believe that God is still in the business of redeeming people. So remember what God has done for you. After reminding Israel what God has done, Joshua makes a promise of what God will do that appears in verse 5 of 23. The Lord your God himself will drive the remaining Canaanites out of your way. He will push them out before you. He will take possession of their, you will take possession of their land as the Lord your God promised you. So at this point, uh, nearly all the land is taken. The major battles have been fought, but there are still little pockets of Canaanites in the land. And Israel is supposed to take all of the land, and so Joshua promises them, if you go out and take it, God will be with you, and he will drive these nations uh, out of your way. However, that promise is conditional, and the conditions start in verse 6. Be very strong, be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. And so Moses had written the moral law. The moral law flows out of the character of God. And so the law of Israel was based on truth and compassion and mercy and integrity and holiness. And it distinguished Israel from the other nations. But Joshua said, you have to be careful to do all the law that Moses told you to do. And he could not depart from it to the right or to the left. That meant they could not compromise it. Now, today, some people take God's word and God's law, and they say, hmm, I like that, but I don't like that. So then they just feel like, I don't have to do it. Or they water it down to the point where it's acceptable to them. But that's not following God's law. That's writing a law unto ourselves, making us the judge of God. 
And so Israel was not to compromise God's word. They were to do everything that God said. And we need to be strong to do God's word because we live in a world that just bombards us with temptation. But like the taking of the land, we do not do this alone or in our own strength. Our willpower alone is not sufficient in power to resist the temptation of the world. The power comes from Christ in a deep relationship with him by surrendering to him every day. And so when temptation comes, yeah, temptation's attractive. If it wasn't, we wouldn't want to do it. But we surrender to Christ. We choose Christ over sin. Now, along with telling Israel to follow the law, he told them, don't associate with those nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of their gods. He adds in chapter 23, verse 12, if you turn away and ally yourselves with the survivors of these nations that remain among you, and if you intermarry with them and associate with them, then you can be sure that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you. So association with the pagan culture of the Canaanites would lead them astray. Canaanite culture was deceptive, it was oppressive, it was sexually oriented, and they practiced child sacrifice. That's who they were. That's what they did. God says, don't associate with them, don't marry their women. Because if those like men did this, then who would become the mothers of their children? People had these values, who did these practices, who practiced this uh, demonic religion. And if this is what the mothers practiced, it would not be long before their children did the same. And so God did not want Canaanite culture influencing his people. Now there's parallels today because there are elements of our culture that are opposed to God and that compromise God. And we live among these people and God wants us to live among these people and God wants us to be agents of love and and vehicles for the message of the gospel, but we cannot let the culture compromise who we are as God's people. We have to be the Lord's. And then Joshua says, not only be careful to do the law, but be very careful to love the Lord. Now, we don't usually think of being careful to love someone. We think love's an emotion, and we either love someone or we don't. But here we're told to be careful about loving the Lord, and that's because loving the Lord includes obeying him. You see, it's not just enough for us to live our life on automatic pilot, just doing whatever whimsical thing we feel like doing, we have to actually live our life mindful that we love God because the world competes for our affections. We have to be mindful that when the world competes for our affections, we remind ourselves, oh, yes, I love the Lord. Now, our love 
for God is inspired by, our, by his love for us. And I think this is why Joshua begins this part of uh, his final words by reminding us of what God has done for us. Because when we remember what God has done for us, we're, we're grateful and we love him in return. And it's this love, this gratitude that fuels our love for him. And so we're to be careful about loving the Lord. We just don't flippantly say, oh yeah, I love God. But every day we choose those things that are consistent with loving him. Now the final words Joshua gave Israel were words that painted a choice. Chapter 24, 14 through 15. Joshua says, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefather worshiped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're now living, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So here was the choice. He said, your forefathers worshipped other gods beyond the river. That was the river Euphrates. Abraham came from there. They were Sumerian in their culture, and the Sumerians uh, worshipped the moon goddess. But God appeared to Abraham, revealed himself as a true God. Abraham believed God and went where God showed him to go. And so Joshua's saying, don't worship those gods that your forefathers worshipped beyond the river. And then he says, don't worship the gods of Egypt. Joshua, I mean, Abraham's grandson, Israel, went down to Egypt with his descendants. They were there 400 years. 400 years is a long time. And no doubt, some of the Egyptian religion rubbed off on the Israelites. And now they're in Canaan. The Canaanites live there and the Amorites live there. And Joshua's saying, don't serve them either. You are to serve the Lord. Now, he says, if the, serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then you can do that. All of us serve someone or something. Some of us serve our jobs. Some of us serve money. Some of us serve some kind of thing that a whole has a, a hold on our lives. We serve someone. Joshua is saying, choose to serve the Lord. But if you don't choose to serve him, then, then choose that, right? Because what he doesn't want us to do is just not make any choice at all. Some people just do that. I'm not going to choose anything at all. No, choose you this day whom you will serve. And if you choose not to follow the, the Lord, then, then you need to know what that means. It means the Lord doesn't fight your battles. That means the Holy Spirit's fellowship. You're not uh, walking in it or, or experiencing it. And if you don't have that, then you don't have his peace and his wisdom and his guidance. And if you keep on ignoring the voice of your spirit, the spirit who keeps on striving you with you, there comes a day when the spirit just stops striving. 
And that is terrifying. Because that means, dude, you are on your own. And so know what your choices mean. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now notice he said, me and my household. Joshua saw himself as partly responsible for choosing the way of his family. So let me um, talk to parents who still have kids in the home and where you still have influence over them. We make choices for them, right? Ben asked the kids, how many want to go to school tomorrow? They, they didn't, two raised their hand, right? But we make that choice for them. And there's lots of choices we make for them. Choose to raise them in the nurture of the faith and of the church. And when you're teaching your children the way of the Lord, you want to teach them how to make moral decisions by giving them principles from Scripture. So if they ask, why do I have to do this? Our answer is not because I told you so. The answer is, well, God says, Scripture says, and then give them the moral principle. It teaches them how to be moral agents on their own. And so we are to choose this day whom we will serve, us and our house. And by the way, grandparents, my grandparents had a large influence on my faith. And, um, and so even if your kids are out of the house, if you have grandparents and you're a grandparent, um, you have influence on your house. The most important thing in the world to the success of my children is that they walk with God. Nancy and I pray for our kids nearly every day. And we pray for things like their work. We pray for their relationships. James is in Virginia now running a political campaign. We pray he wins. Not that we care about Virginia politics, but he gets a $4,000 bonus if he wins. But here's what we pray all the time for them. Lord, keep them close to you. Lord, be active in their lives. Because I know if they walk with the Lord and they follow his ways, everything else will be taken care of. And if they don't walk with the Lord, nothing else matters. So while we still have influence that matters, we choose that our house serves the Lord. Joshua laid a choice before Israel. He said, choose you this day whom you will serve. And that choice is before us also. If serving the Lord seems undesirable, then, then choose that way. But if the Lord is God, 
then the wisest thing we can do for ourselves, the best thing we can do for ourselves is to choose to serve him. We have countless choices each day. We choose where we will spend our time. We choose what thoughts we will dwell on. We choose what we will watch. We choose who we interact with and how we interact. We choose whether we will talk to God that day. We will choose whether we ignore him. We will choose whether we surrender to him or if we will shove him aside. God lets us make that choice. Joshua used his last words his last words to say, choose to serve the Lord. Joshua was a remarkable man. He had walked with God 110 years. He had seen amazing things. I'm going to listen to the last words that man had to say. And hopefully you can say as he did, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we invite you to to, to work in our hearts. expose who it is we serve. We don't want to serve our selfish interests. We don't want to serve wealth. Lord, we pray that you would give us a desire to serve you and make you the chief person in our life. And if we struggle with that commitment, Lord, move us to the place where we embrace you as the one that is central to our life. It's the best thing we can do for ourselves. Lord, I thank you for your redemptive works in our life. We thank you for those times you rescued us, those times that were dark and stressful and hopeless and anxious. Thank you that you met us in that place. You gave us hope again. You gave us life again. So Lord, help us remember that and increase our love for you because of that. And now's a a good time to write in your connect cards your redemption story. So just, if you can do that in two sentences, go ahead and write that down now. We're still talking to God, but now we're gonna write down, thank you, Lord, what you did for me.
Thank you, Lord, that you love us. Thank you that you're active in our lives. I pray for those who need redemption now from their desperate circumstances, and we pray that in the power and the name of Jesus, that those would be set free who are bound, that those who are sick would be healed, that those who are at the end of their rope would find hope, and that you would reverse their situation. Lord, do this as a testimony of your power and of your greatness. And now, Lord, because we love you and we're grateful, we're going to bring you our offerings. We're also going to put our Connect cards in, celebrating your redemption. And so, Lord, bless these gifts. I pray you bless everyone who gives and that you bless them according to their generosity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.